0: Good morning. Our scripture this morning comes from Matthew 4, uh, verses 1 through 11, if you want to read along. Then the Spirit led Jesus up into the wilderness, so that the devil might tempt him. After Jesus had fasted for 40 days and 40 nights, he was starving. The tempter came to him and said, Since you are God's Son, command these stones to become bread. Jesus replied, It's written, People won't live only by bread, but by every word spoken by God. After the devil brought him into the holy city and stood him at the highest point of the temple, he said to him, Since you are God's son, throw yourself down, for it is written, I will command my angels concerning you, and they will take you up in in their hands so that you won't hit your foot on a stone. Jesus replied, Again it is written, don't test the Lord your God. Then the devil brought him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. He said, I'll give you all these if you bow down and worship me. Jesus responded, go away Satan, because it's written, you will worship the Lord your God and serve only him. The devil left him and angels came and took care of him. That's the word of God for the people of God this morning. Uh, I don't know if I've ever shared with you the, the sermon process or at least the way that I do it. I, I'll pray very early in the week asking God to lead me to the scripture uh, that he would have me share from uh, the following Sunday. And, and then once I get there, once I feel like he's led me there, he's revealed this scripture to me, I, I kind of let that scripture marinate, you know, and it's the sermon process is a ongoing thing throughout the week i'll work on it a little bit here and a little bit there and make some notes here and there and and just kind of let it all gel together uh before we get to the finished product uh and and this week that happened I, i got the scripture very early in the week and you know i've been trying to go with the scripture on the front of our bulletins uh uh, the sermon to, to go along with that. So there's a, a kind of a consistency in, in the service. That's not going to always be the case, but that's what I like to try to do. Uh, so, so here as as we get this and it marinated throughout the week and, and kind of gelled together. I had this thought, I was at a basketball game and you know, uh, I realize that how wise King Solomon truly was, because he says in Ecclesiastes, "There's nothing new under the sun." And, and 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 take that basketball game for example. You know, coaches who coach in 2020 are really only doing the same stuff that Coach John Wooden and and Bobby Knight and people like that did 50 years ago. There may be a few twists and, and adjustments today but really there's nothing new and the same can be true of people and the temptations we face you see our focus is so much about me or us that satan really hasn't changed his plan of attack the things we see in this scripture are the very same things that he uses against us today You know, there may be, just like those coaches, there may be a few twists, kind of individualize the temptations. But really at their core, at the root, there are similar temptations today that that Christ faced all those years ago. This morning I want to talk about those temptations that Jesus faced and the temptations we face today. I think this is an appropriate message on this first Sunday of Lent. Whether you're sacrificing anything for Lent or not, uh, it's good to know the plan of attack by the enemy. So we can see it coming. Again, to use a basketball analogy, if I know what my opponent is going to try to do against me, I can adjust the game plan accordingly. It's kind of self-scouting. You you hear coaches say that sometimes. We self-scout. That means... We identify what we do well and what we don't do well and make our adjustments and game plans based on that. So so as we twist that perception into the realm of temptations, I, I, I think Satan is similar. He knows where he can get us. He knows the plan of attack. And it really hasn't changed really throughout time. Uh, uh, the first thing that Satan uses that he used against Jesus and he uses against us, excuse me, is he tempts us by our desires. Verse 3 in our scripture says, the tempter came to him and said, since you are God's son, command these stones to become bread. Jesus was hungry. Scripture said that he was very hungry. And we all get hungry too. There's nothing wrong with that. Uh, Feeling and, and, and that need. Uh, but in society, the the way that I interpret this is we've blurred the lines between what our wants and our needs truly are. Satan comes at us with a lie that something that is a want is actually, or something that's a need is actually a want. I need this. I can't live without it. And then then we pursue it. We go so much after it in life. Command these stones to be bread. You're hungry. What are our desires? We're so blessed in this country. We have the ability to make money and to buy things. And when we're focused on that sort of thing, the the buying things, the fulfilling the, the wants... We're not focusing on God. We can't use the supernatural power that Christ did. He could have turned the stones into bread, but we can use the blessings that God has given us to turn that money into these things that we we want. And, and, and churches, I see it all around. People are twisting their focus. We're focusing on getting those things that we desire and we're not spending time with God. I desire to have my rest time. I, I need time to recuperate from a busy work week. That's a, I desire to have that. That's why a lot of people aren't in church this morning. It's the only day of the week I have to sleep in. That's a desire. That's all about us. Church is not important. I love God. I'm basically a good person. But this desire to stay in and rest on this day is way more than my desire to draw closer to God. That's a dangerous place to be and that's how Satan comes at us. Matthew 6, 21, For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Man, do you treasure God? Do we treasure God? Do we see that around us, church? I don't. I see people pursuing these desires so much so that that God doesn't have a place in their lives. Proverbs 16, uh, the first three verses, the plans of the heart belong to man, but the answer of the tongue is from the Lord. All the ways of a man are pure in his own eyes, but the Lord weighs the spirit. Commit your work to the Lord and your plans will be established. Uh, We don't see that. No, we see, hey, you want this, go work for it. That's what the proverb's saying there. Uh, In our own eyes, this is a pure thing. I want it. There's nothing wrong with wanting it, so I'm going to go get it. And, and, And Satan plays into that. He wants you to be so focused on that want or those wants that you forget this relationship with God. We should all be striving in this life, not to keep up with the Joneses, not to make ourselves overly happy with giving us all that we desire, but to make the Lord our God the focus, the focus in our lives that we can center on. You know, Jesus was tempted in the same way, the same way that we're all tempted with these desires. How did he handle it? He replied there in verse 4, it's written, people won't live only by bread, but every word spoken by God. And you know, I'm paraphrasing for Jesus, but but don't we think his response is basically saying, nothing's going to satisfy us like God. You pursue it, and you pursue it, and you keep pursuing, and you, you get it sometimes, and then you, well, that wasn't it. That didn't satisfy this desire. I got to go get something else, and 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 that's where Satan wants us to be. If Satan can't make us be bad, he makes us be busy. Now, that's not a George original. But I heard it somewhere before. If he can't make us be bad, he can make us be busy. And then we don't have time for God. So Satan tempts us. By the same way he tempted Jesus, by using our desires against us. And, and sometimes those are really fine desires. But sometimes those really fine desires stand in the way of relationships with God. He tempts us with those desires. And, and next we see that uh, he's tempting us with our own success. Since you are God's son, throw yourself down. Verse 6, this is Satan talking to Jesus. For it is written, I will command my angels concerning you, and they will take you up in their hands so that you won't hit your foot on the stone. Satan's message is basically saying, oh, you're so big and bad. Why don't you show me? You could do this. How much time in our lives do we spend focused on who we are or even more than that what are people's perceptions of who we are i'd say the primary focus of the american society is first what we have satan uses that but second would be our our wanting to project this image of success I don't need help. I can do it on my own. I don't sin. I'm I'm walking close to God. I want to send out this George has got everything together. Now, I read this quote uh once it said, I'm trying to be the person I pretend to be on social media or or another version of that would be I'm trying to be the person my friends and family think I am on social media. Last summer, we were blessed and were able to go to Florida and spend a week. And we had a lot of fun, Uh, don't get me wrong. But uh, parts of that trip was purely miserable. Uh, The oppressive July heat under the Florida sun made outdoor activities between around 11 and 5 almost unbearable. In fact, we did a few things during those times and, and it was miserable. And a friend of my family member yesterday was saying uh, how she wanted to go to Florida. And I said, well, don't go in the summertime. The the heat is just so miserable. And she said, well, you guys didn't look miserable in your photos. (laughs) And you know, that hits home with this message. That's part of that marinating process that I shared with you. We didn't look miserable in our pictures. No, because we want everybody to see how great things were how much fun we were having, and uh, we posted some pictures of of a mini golf a game that we played there in Florida, and, and we were ready to kill each other. It was so hot. We were all grumpy and ready to get back and get into some air conditioning, and uh, we were miserable. But those pictures of us playing mini golf, you would have never guessed that we were uh, all short with each other because it was so hot. That's what we want to do. We project that out. Satan uses that. Uh Well, you could go to church, you could serve the Lord, you could go to this homeless thing that Pastor George is talking about, Uh, or you could do this, and this is working toward this projection of, of who you want people to think you are, who you think you are. We want them to see success in us. We want us to see how pretty we are. How successful we are. And Satan uses all of this as a carrot dangling out there in front of us to to take our focus off God. I love Colossians 3.23. Whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord and not for men. Well, that's what this church service is. It's for God. Sure, I want you to think it's good, and I want you to uh, come and and experience this presence of the Lord, but but ultimately, this is for God. It's not for us. And and too many times, church, we, we change that focus. I don't like when we sing that song. Well, we're not singing it for you. We spend most of our time in this life working for the opinions of others, And not thinking about God's opinion of how we live our lives. It's that success factor. Oh, we want everybody to think we got all the pieces together. When you become a Christ follower, the definition of success should change. I don't care about a well done George from people near as much as I care about a well done good and faithful servant from my Lord Jesus Christ. What do we do when we know our lives are becoming focused on our success more than they are God? We we again look to this scripture. What did Jesus do? Verse 7 of our scripture this morning. Jesus replied, again it is written, don't test the Lord your God. I don't have to pass any tests. Jesus is saying, I don't have to test God and I know who he is. That's the message for us this morning. We know who we are. I don't have to pass your tests. I don't I don't need your approval rating. I don't need your okay. So I'm not going to spend time chasing down this this facade that's going to make people around me think I'm successful. I, I'm going to spend my time and energy pursuing God. So he knows I'm successful as we pursue him. And then the final trick that Satan uses in the scripture and that he uses to tempt us today are that we are tempted by the things of this world. Then the devil brought him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. He said, I'll give you all these if you bow down and worship me. Now I think that the see I said there were twists and I think there's twist uh in 2020 uh, to how Satan does it uh we don't necessarily it's not a literal bowing down and worshiping of him but we it's kind of cart before the horse we we pursue all these things and I think that leads to worship of those things we get into trouble When the things of this world are more important to us. More important to us than loving and serving the Lord. In a sense, when we focus on those things, we are already bowing down and worshiping them. Don't we know people like this in our lives? Aren't we guilty of this sometimes in our own life? I love the words to the worship song we sang in a recent service. Uh, this world has nothing for me. This place is not my home. That should be the question at the center of our minds this morning, church, and really throughout the whole season of Lent, as we head into Easter. Would that statement be true in our life? Does this world have something for us, or do we walk through like it's not? This is not my home. Uh, the pursuits of this world are are futile. We have pursuits with an eternal purpose. Again, when we think about that question and, and, and whether or not this world is our home and, and we would fit in perfectly as citizens of this world rather than being visitors here from an eternal place. Uh, look at Jesus' response to this. Go away, Satan because it's written you will worship the lord your god and serve only him the devil left him and the angels came and took care of him worship god and serve only him that's not giving into the temptations of our own desires not being tempted by our own success and what uh, people think about us and that's not being tempted by things of this world when we put our focus on the lord god That's when it's easier to overcome these temptations. I love the picture that Scripture gives us about what happens next. You know, Jesus went in the wilderness, uh, he was tempted, he didn't give in, he was strong. And then, look there in verse 11 what Scripture says. Once Christ resisted the temptations, the devils left him, the devil left him, and the angels came and took care of him. This is a couple of things to me. First, overcoming those temptations takes a lot out of us. Life is hard. I don't stand here and say that we need to do this and it's going to be easy. No, it's going to be tough. When your work environment is filled with people pursuing their own desires, their own success, and the things of this world, it's hard to not fit in, not want those things too. It's difficult. Scripture tells us these temptations were difficult. They took a lot out of Jesus. Now ask anybody who's struggling with reoccurring sin in their lives. It's hard to resist these temptations because everything and everyone around us are given in. And then Scripture says the angels came and took care of him. Look, I can't find anything scriptural to say that when we struggle and when we overcome temptations that angels are going to come and care for us. But I do know this, that God sent the Holy Spirit as the comforter. And I believe when we overcome those difficult things in our life, when we truly cling to the cross, when we have that anchor of the Lord Jesus Christ in our life, uh, he comes and he comforts us just in the way that we see in this scripture about the angels who came and comforted Jesus. I hope you're encouraged this morning by the message. I hope you're convicted. I know I was all week because I'm guilty of these things at times in my life. But I hope you're encouraged knowing that the same temptations that we face today are the ones that Jesus faced all those years ago. At least they are at the core. And how do we overcome it? We do that by doing what Jesus did. And we make sure that our focus is on God in all things and in all ways. Let's pray. Father God, Lord, I just thank you for this message this morning. I just ask that you would bless all who listen to these words. Lord, that we would all have the mindset that we understand what the plan of attack is against us. And we're not giving into it. We're not going to pursue the things of this world, not going to fulfill those desires, so much so that we don't have time for you. Lord, and we're not going to get so caught up in our successes and what people think about us and how we got all of our stuff together. Our focus, Lord, help it to be that it's you and only you. Man's opinion doesn't hold it any near the amount of weight as to what you think about us. And Lord, those things of this world, man, that's hard for all of us. I just pray that you give us strength and help us to overcome those things. I pray it all in Jesus' name. Amen.